Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hello, Ash. Hello, Mel. And hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Jeans and a Nice Top. Your favorite if your dating life is going well, probably like your lifeline if your dating is going shittily, I'm sure. <laughs> and truly, it's always just, it's just shades of shit, isn't it, really, the dating world? Like sometimes it's a little less shit, sometimes it's really shit. Swings and roundabouts, man, swings and roundabouts. If you're in the middle of like an excellent hookup, I'm probably, you're probably like stoked on life right now. But if you waited for someone to call you back all Easter weekend and we're just like left on your own with some red tulip chocolate... You're probably feeling pretty terrible right now. Yeah, safe to say you went to town on that lint bunny. He gone. You know what? There's not enough chocolate you can eat to up the serotonin of someone not calling you back. But at the same time, like it's a real mood to spend four days just eating chocolate, I have to say. 100%. Huge support. But anyway, we have a we have a great one today. So this is a longer one. And so I want to tell everybody, if you want to send us a personal essay voice note, you may. Keep it tight in the sense of like, don't, don't like add weird side tangents that no one needs to know about. But if you just want to tell us, like you're telling your girlfriends over coffee, like you're sitting down and telling someone like the story start to finish, we are into it. This is four voice notes long. And I think that's probably my limit in my personal feelings. But I I say that as someone who has a problem with voice notes as Ash knows. Oh, I just write back in text. I just do not. I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not engaging with this. I'm not responding. I'm responding in text. Whenever anyone voice notes me, I write back in text. I know. Ash hates one. I love an eight minute voice note. And so when I say to you, it should only be four messages long. I am also the problem. It is me. So I'm not judging you. <laughs> and this one is from our friend Tara. Yes. Tara has a big one. Mm. Here we go. Hey ladies, so I'm sharing with you my um, situationship drama. I got ghosted by this guy I've been seeing for like five months, um, about a week ago. Um, He left his wallet at my house with like all his cards and his driver's license and like nearly a thousand dollars cash in it. Haven't heard from him. I sent him a message um, the day after he left my house and was just like, hey, you left your wallet here. He was like, yeah, I'll come back and get it tomorrow crickets have not heard from him since um so this was like this guy that I met it was just meant to be a random hookup and then it turned into like a friends with benefits kind of situation and we agreed from the start that was all it was ever going to be because like we're just incompatible he's significantly younger than me I don't know he's got like the emotional maturity of a teaspoon um, and we just don't really see to eye, see eye to eye on look. He's like super closed off and has his guard up, but we've got mutual friends. And he started telling one of our mutual friends how like he really sees a future with me and he's never met anyone like me before and all this crap that then got back to me. And then one night we went out for drinks and we got drunk and we came home and he was like, I'm actually in love with you and I'm obsessed with you. You're like my dream girl and all this stuff. And I started to think like, oh, maybe maybe we could make it work. And then he ghosted me and I waited a few days and then I reached out to him and then we like met up again and then everything was fine and he was texting me and all was good. And then the same thing happened. Like we had another night out together and when he was drunk, he like opened up about his feelings and like, how would we make it work? Do you want to be together? And then like the next day sober again, ghosted me. So this has happened like three times now. So, but yeah, every time he's like, 
gone off and like pulled away and not talked to me for a few days. It's been, you know, two or three days max. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And then I go back there. But this last time, I feel like this is it because like, who would not want their wallet back with like all that cash? And like, it's such a hassle to have to go and cancel all your cards and get a new driver's license and all of that. Like he's literally just disappeared off the face of the earth and been like, fuck it. I don't even want my wallet back. Like that's how badly I don't ever want to talk to this chick again. So yeah, that's my situation ship drum. Also should add that I deleted his number, deleted all our messages deleted him out of like my call log just so I wouldn't be tempted to message him first because it's always me that reaches out and chases him and gets him to come back so I was like no we're not doing that this time if he wants to talk to me he's got to initiate it and yeah a week later nothing oh my god okay. have you been here before I, I have <laughs> been here before also big play out of the ashley austin playbook to delete his number delete him on linkedin delete him on everything Dude, <laughs> i approve but i mean she's she's been listening to the podcast she's been listening tara, to the podcast. tara is a fan I think first and foremost, like the strangest thing is that he won't come and get his wallet. I know. With a thousand dollars cash. I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> this this aside is chaos to me because the personal administration that a person has to go through to <laughs> change their cards and get a new license and also like the time it takes to earn a thousand dollars. What the hell? It, that's an aside. Do you feel like he's rich? Do you feel like he's like really rich? Well, I feel like he's young, which which Tara has already pointed out. Maybe yes. he's maybe he's just disorganized, but that level of disorganization, Tara, you don't want to be with a man like that anyway. The man can't even keep like an eye on his own wallet. <laughs> no, I, I'm get, I, it's giving to me like junior hedge fund associate who has a personal assistant already and therefore can lose his wallet because someone else is going to go through all the rigmarole to get all of his cards re-signed up and he's like, thousand bucks, I would rather just avoid contact with this person than get my thousand dollars back. That's what it's giving. I'm also obsessed that you have turned him into some kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) in Wolf of Wall Wall Street when this guy's probably like, He's literally a 23-year-old plumber. <laughs> no, he's totally a 23-year-old plumber. But in my head, he's like Greg from Succession, you know, like cousin Greg, like he's suddenly come into a lot of money and therefore he doesn't have to deal with his problems anymore. But look, I want to say first and foremost, Tara, this isn't actually about you. So do not think that you are somebody who is so repulsive and so revolting to be around that this man cannot possibly come get his wallet. This is 1 billion trillion percent a problem within his own brain that is completely batshit. And he has somehow, I feel like he's so avoidant of emotional awkwardness that he would rather not come get his wallet because to come and get it means to address what he has created with his own words and his own like behavior with you. And I mean, we all use alcohol for various reasons, but I would say a big reason a lot of us use alcohol is to unwind and unlock that uptight part of our brain that says, oh, this is a bad idea. Don't say that. So every time he has confessed his love to you, you're saying, you know, he's pissed, he's using alcohol. That is how he is unlocking that brain, that vulnerable part of his brain that obviously he doesn't use during the day when he's not plastered. And so he's not going to address the wallet until the next time he gets 
pissed. And then yes. I bet he comes around and he's like, hey, I, I left my wallet here. Also, I love you. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that that is saying a lot. Like if he, you, you've already alluded to the fact, well, you outright said he he's really low with his emotional maturity. He's, he's not very mature at all. And it's not just that he's young, it's that he is avoidant and he's emotionally mature, which is not someone that you would want a future with. And he keeps telling you that you're you're just needing to listen to what he's saying to you. His actions are speaking louder than his words. Yes. And this is how I, I always, 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 always said with situationships, with any kind of dating, but particularly situa- particularly situationships, is people in those like when you're in something that isn't committed and I think when we call things situationships that is always the word we use when it's one-sided so it's like I'm really into this person they're not committing like when you're in a genuinely consensually casual relationship I mean it's consensual but you know what I mean consensually casual right yeah then it's not a situationship it's just I'm just seeing you casually yeah it's yeah. just this person that comes over sometimes and we fuck like it's not anything there's no name for it. Situationship is what we put on like a dating thing that has turned into a not relationship because one party won't commit to the other party. So essentially in this scenario, Tara is the one who's like, yeah, cool. I'm ready for something. And the only reason she's ready, and this is what drives me mad with situationships, is that Tara would probably still be in the casual whatever scenario, except that this guy went and told all the mutual friends how much he's in love with her and then told her when he was drunk. Like, if he hadn't made those plays, she would still be chilling because her brain wouldn't have unlocked in that space. And that has happened to me so many times where I'm like, I'm fine, this is chill, it's casual, I don't really give a fuck about this person. I'm happy to just keep seeing them in a not committed way. And then they will say or do something that will open my vulnerability little door up and then I'll get attached. I feel like men do this thing where they just say a thing because they feel it in the moment. Like you said, he's drunk and he just feels a fuzzy feeling and he thinks this fuzzy feeling might be love. I'm going to just tell this girl and not think about the ramifications or the consequences of what that is going to do to our relationship, to her brain, to my brain. They just say things. Whereas we think those things, like I might have a fuzzy feeling and I'll just keep it to myself until I'm sure that the fuzzy feeling is still there when I'm not drunk. And this is exactly what he is not doing. And he's doing it time and time again. So maybe even he may feel that way about you, but if he's not brave enough to say it to you, the next day at lunch where whatever whatever time is not 3 a.m and he's drunk then that is definitely not the kind of person that you would want to be with anyway Tara yeah and I can hear that in your message you're saying like he's really emotionally immature I never saw a future with us it's not something that I wanted until he suggested that he loved me and then I thought oh maybe no way if it's a maybe like if it's not a hell yes it's a no And that goes from like buying a new handbag to like (laughs) locking in with a dude. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. That's just straight up. And it was never a hell yes. You were like, "Mm, maybe you were unsure about him at the start. Mel, I'm sure has thoughts about this. I know because you know I don't believe in hell yes, it's a no. No, I do. (laughs) I'm I'm opposite to Ash in this. Ash is always that way. Very like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. My take is, I do agree with you that I reckon 
that Tara wouldn't have gone here with her emotions had he not spurred her on. But I do think you can be in a situationship that does blossom. I think you can be mm-hmm. in a casual thing that blossoms. I think you can be in a friendship that blossoms where at one point you're not a hell yes. And then over time, because I think everyone's different in the sense of how we, you know, like psychologically, like if we were to bring my therapist back into the room here of how your childhood impacted you, how what your attachment styles are. Um, hello, fearful avoidant over here. You know, like I think that definitely for yourself, it can turn from a maybe to a hell yes. What I do not think you can make happen is somebody else's maybe or wishy-washy half no, half yes, turn into a hell yes. You cannot do anything to make that change. That just has to be their own process. And you shouldn't stick around getting your heart pummeled into the ground waiting for a hell yes. That's where I think just check out. If they want you, if this guy was going to decide that he suddenly wanted his wallet really badly and also want Tara, he'll come back in his own time. And if you're still into him, then great. If you're not great, but you need to exit stage left, basically. Yeah. This is about now, this isn't about what he wants anymore. If you could make it work, this is about just what you want. So look at it from like a factual point of view. I know that's really hard, but try to take some of the emotion out of it. And I think you've done that because you've taken those steps to delete his number, delete the message, like not be tempted to to text him first because you don't have his number or the message thread. Now just take stock of what you want and what you want in a partner. And if it's not adding up to this guy and he messages you, you can just be like, hey, yeah, sure. Come and get your wallet. Like uh, I'll be around. Like I'm working from home on Friday. You're welcome to come and get it between these hours. And if he's like, that doesn't work for me, can I come over after work? Be like, uh, see previous note <laughs> see That's previous note. not going to happen <laughs> so yeah that uh, yeah there's been so many times where I have guys have left stuff at my house or I've left stuff at their house and yeah I mean I'm such a savage that I made one guy drop my jacket back off at the courier dock at my office <laughs> oh my God. like I wouldn't even meet him at the front I was like you can go to the courier dock <laughs> why <laughs> That's just the energy. That's just an ash energy. I also wanted to talk about um, the, I mean, look, love bombing as a term has got a few different meanings and there's a very toxic, intentionally manipulative form of love bombing. But then I think there's also this type of love bombing that I don't personally believe is intentional. And I believe comes from that kind of a brain chemistry where a person just says things without thinking and and may usually involving drugs and alcohol yes 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 see because that like putting the actually because we're not psychologists so put that actual manipulative toxic love bombing to the side where it's like someone's genuinely trying to control you by using these types of words let's put that over to the left let's talk about this kind of accidental love bombing because even though it's still shitty behavior i don't think that the person doing it intends to control or manipulate the other person but what actually happens is that you then become really attached to them I wouldn't say like controlled by them but it's just more like this like you're just like I want to text them I don't understand where they've gone I don't understand how they could say that and then disappear kind of thing right when that happens this used to happen to me all the time you cannot I could count if I could if I had like a peanut 
for every fucking man who was like, you're the most amazing girl in the world. Oh my God. Like I've never met anyone like you. You're so special. You're like the only star in the sky. I mean, whatever. I would have a huge Costco level bag of peanuts. I'd have like that giant tub of Cheetos that you see everyone get from Costco. That is how many men have done that to me. Uh, Even it doesn't matter how many times you've gone through it. You still fall like you still fall for it. Because you're usually starting to feel that way too. Or them saying it then opens up that little door of promise in your heart. Like I remember this dude, right, that I was seeing. And I remember like we were only a couple of weeks into dating and he was just like fully giving me like the gooey eyes and saying things like, you know, where did you come from? Like, you know, that shit. And I like I'm truly I I like to think of myself as kind of cynical in the game of love because I've been around the block a few times and I still I I didn't fall for it because I actually said to him I want to keep this casual because at the time I was also seeing someone else and I was kind of into them and just wanted to keep my options open and it was so early on but I fully fell for it in the sense that he just became a sure bet so then I started to think well you're telling me that I'm so special and you've never met anyone like me and you're giving me these eyes and all this shit. But then in my heart, I thought, oh, he, as long as like, obviously we keep seeing each other and I'm also giving, you know, opening up, he's going to be there. And then what happened? Fucking, we had like one argument because he kept like going out on like, now I'm telling my, like, I love how I'm just telling my own trauma on the podcast now. (laughs) It's like, it was about Tara. It's now about me. Anyway, because I kept like, organizing dates or whatever and then he would be like I'll come and see you after I've got this dinner and then the dinner would turn into a full-on like sesh till like 3 a.m where he's just drinking he was always like the last one to leave anything and then I was just like fucking I can't deal with this like I'm not sitting in bed waiting for you and then it's 10 p.m and you're still going and I want to go to bed like how I I just felt so low but then after an argument around that he was like yeah I don't really see this going anywhere and I'm like don't you when you said that, like, where did you come from? And you're the most amazing girl in the world. It's just fucked. It's fucked. So I it's think a classic. if I were to look back on that and look from above and tell past Mel, I would have been like, look how many times he didn't put you as like priority number one. And look at how many times he would factor you in around all these other things that were going on. And even then not 100% commit to that plan that says more than all these lovely little words and things. Because if you really were the most amazing girl that he'd ever met, you'd think he'd be fucking jumping at the chance to hang out with you. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. And if this guy's words can only come out when he's drunk, then yeah, his action is speaking pretty loudly. Yeah. This guy sucks. This guy, this sucks. guy sucks. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. Like <laughs> it's going to be a no for me. It Maybe if this was like, Tara, if this was the first time this went down, I would be like, oh, yeah. But this is like the third time. Yeah. He's got to go. I would just literally be like, hey, like, do you want this wallet or not? I'm going to put it in the bin and I'm going to take that $1,000 and I'm (laughs) going to go and buy some Gucci sandals. Like, you know, that's going to be the energy. Idea. Gaslight him. Pretend there was never any money in there. (laughs) What money? Buy the Gucci sandals mm-hmm. and then be like, hey, do you want this wallet? I'm putting it in my mailbox. I'm not going to be ho- home for like three months. Yeah. And then if he says anything about the money, be like, what money? I don't remember there being any money. 
I mean, I'm not, I'm kidding. Don't do that. I can't, I cannot give that advice on a podcast. What actionable advice are you giving Tara? (laughs) So sandals aside, like what can Tara do? What should Tara do this week? What's Tara's plan? Let's, let's help her out. Cause I feel like girlfriend needs a plan. Okay. Well, I think you've done the the best thing first, Tara, which is do the Ash Austin method of deleting him off everything. Because I think that that will help, really help you to not reach out again. Correct. My second step would be, Send that one message that says, I've put your wallet in my mailbox. Um, I'll leave it there for the week. I'm piecing out off this like situation. So I'm blocking your number. It's going to be there. Get it if you want to. Otherwise, I'll just chuck it. And then I think this is my thing with these types of dating scenarios is that it's all well and good to laugh about it and say it's shit and whatever. And in hindsight, it always is. And in hindsight, Tara, you will look back on this and be like, why did I waste my time on this soft five out of 10? Like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. But in the moment, it is so difficult to get through lonely nights or lonely days. You know, those times when your friends are busy and you're just pottering around the house, you do your housework, you watch some TV and you just feel this like need for connection. I think that's when I've always fallen that and when I went when I'm drunk into texting someone I shouldn't um so I think when you go through it you need to think of it like day to day if you can just get through today not messaging this person tomorrow will be better and just do that over and over because always 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 as time goes on you will move further and further away from this thing and your feelings will slowly, slowly diminish. So it will, you will get to the point where you don't feel like you want to text this person ever again. 100%. I think first step, my advice would be get rid of the wallet. Get rid of the wallet any means necessary. Give it to a mutual friend. Put it in your mailbox. Yes. Just get rid of the wallet because the wallet is what's tethering you to him. So get rid of the wallet and then there's nothing tethering you to him. And then do not message him because I can tell you now for a fact, Tara, I have never, ever, ever regretted not messaging someone. But God, have I regretted messaging someone. I have never, ever, ever regretted. I've never remembered all the texts I didn't send to people who didn't Mm -hmm. want me back. But God, I still get such like visceral self-embarrassment for the messages I sent to men who didn't want me back. And all I can say is don't send the text. Yes, that is a huge one. That's so true. You never regret not sending the text. No. You never regret it. No. Godspeed, Tara. I I feel like you've been oh. through the ringer and you deserve way better than this guy. We're here. We're here with you. If you have a situationship or any other dating query that you would like answered on the podcast, DM us, jeans and a nice top on Instagram, and we will get to your question in a future episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye.